Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Welcome to Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly movie podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, and joined as always by Ann Thompson. And Ann, we've got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about on the awards front. We've got Sundance to talk about, but we're going to talk fast because you're actually going to a screening. Which a Sundance when you, screening. You first mentioned that to me. I was like, they do those still? But hey, well, the big screen, great. Go for it. I haven't seen Spider-Man yet because I got invited to another Spider-Man screening last this week last week and I I just didn't want to go. Look, I know we're all going to, you know, eventually succumb, but I'm still holding off. (laughs) And well, let's be clear. When I say, hey, good, go for it. I do it with the knowledge that you are going to a screening that is just for you. This is true. So this mitigates things and, and is one way to bring the big screen back. I can do it on my headset to some degree in VR, but it's, it, you know, being with other people, that communal element is still missing. And we're certainly feeling it in the run up to Sundance this year. And we, once again, we won't have that experience. Award season is moving along. Last week, we teased that SAG was around the corner. We had a very sad social media version of the Golden Globes that happened over the weekend. So let's get into it. Maybe first, let's talk about the SAG stuff, because that really does seem well, to be a, an indicator of where we're at. What's interesting is that at. the Golden Globes really did fade into nothingness immediately. I mean, <laughs> exactly. it really just didn't happen. It's like, it's a, it was it's baffling. Just, no one's even mentioning them. Um, whether something got one or didn't get one doesn't seem to be of any interest to anyone. But the SAGs are very, um, it's interesting. They're sort of shifting. They're bigger. They're more mainstream. And you have to sort of read the tea leaves carefully, because it's easy to to fall into the idea that what is um, nominated for ensemble means that it's somehow uh, a guarantee to to become a best picture winner or something or a cont- I mean contender and and it's not. Um, not the SAGs didn't see fit to nominate Shape of Water, which won best picture, or Nomadland. Or Parasite, right? No, No, Parasite 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 won. You're right. That was actually when they did. I stand corrected. (laughs) Then everybody knew Parasite was a real deal. deal, So it can make a difference. Went all in. No, they understood that it was it was a mainstream movie. That's what it told them. So the mainstream movies are the ones that did get ensembles. So you have, as expected, King Richard, and you have Belfast, and you have. uh, don't look up, which is a huge hit on Netflix. Um, yeah, the the discourse is is really it's yeah. It's a good piece. Yeah, a guy who's obviously taking a break from Twitter to some degree, though it does seem like this has been a fascinating campaign to follow since comedies don't usually do this well. But the Netflix but element of it because they're yeah serious. no well that that is true but That's i mean this is happen. but this is a really silly serious comedy it's much wilder than even than vice having the credits run halfway through you know what i mean it it's, it's a, it takes some big swing wild i mean the big short was wild i i love yeah, that okay it's I all think, relative he's great it was interesting to me that that when you had your conversation with him the whole conversation was about 
all of the politics and and the the environment and and his you know anxiety about the end of the world and everything and it's it's a obviously that permeates the movie but my experience of the movie obviously i get it and i understand that that's what's going on i thought it was more about how the media and um the people uh, choose to deny everything that's really. But they're happening. interrelated. That obviously, is the story I mean, of the movie that I think is most important. No, but they they are interrelated in you know in a big way. I mean, one he did talk about basically the kind of backlash he felt like he got on social media when he said, you know, if if you don't if you don't care about climate change, then you won't get this movie. Uh, he felt like was an extension of of what the movie is saying, which is that all of this bad stuff is happening. We keep getting reports that we could exceed, you know, two degrees Celsius in the 21st century and that'll destroy the planet. And nobody's really recognizing it as such. That's the essence of the movie. But you can't tell that story without explaining how serious the situation actually is. So... I think these it's two things work. It's still a very funny here. movie, and I do think that the comparisons to Doctor Strangelove are apt. I mean, it's not on that level, of course, but it is. It is so funny. Um, but what happened at the so? If you look at the um, at the SAG Awards, um, Leo didn't make the cut there, um, and. Uh, you know, the the cast of the movie didn't make the cut, but it made it to ensemble. Then, you know, you have something like Power of the Dog, the Jane Campion movie, which is a little more art film, um, uh, but clearly, obviously resonating with lots of people. That one got Cumberbatch and Kirsten Dunst and Cody Smith-McPhee, one of the top movies to get three um, nominations where and House of Gucci got ensemble and Leto and Lady Gaga. So those are how the do you, strongest okay. performers. How do you do ensemble for Gucci but not West Side Story? Explain this the logic. This is the movie that was snubbed, and this it got Absurd. one thing. It got it got Ariana DeBose, which everyone recognizes. She could probably she's amazing. Win. Supporting She's amazing. Actress. I was a fan of hers in, in Schmigadoon, which I didn't think was a great show. But I enjoyed she's her. Amazing. She was very good. She, she stood and out she and a, she stands out here. But, too. but West Side Story is like the, the, the thing that works about it in tandem with the filmmaking. It's the essence of, of an ensemble piece freaking dancing and instead you're you're you know nominating stuff like house of gucci where the ensemble is a total mess because everybody's acting in a different movie you are that's crazy to the choir Eric. i know i just want to i want it for the record <laughs> that is a you. crazy disconnect 100 percent. and i think a lot of academy members are probably with you these are the popular movies that everybody has seen these are the movies that are quote unquote commercial these are the movies that play and so power of the dog didn't make it to ensemble but i don't think netflix is worried about it because it's obviously uh very strong in fact i would argue that in the oscar race it's power of the dog versus king richard and i would argue that it is uh, cumberbatch versus will smith that both very Cameron cool showdowns will win director and <laughs> yes uh, and cody smith mcphee is a way ahead in the which is also race. awesome i mean he's amazing and back and until you right get a, a nomination uh you know for for adapted screenplay no i was just going to throw one of the I, I can't get story this i agree yeah, with this you. Is that is a big ridiculous snub. And, and i'm i i have to say that one of the things i learned over the holidays when you're sort of hanging out with people and learning things uh about what they like you know academy members there is is resistance to that movie they they resist the idea that spielberg would remake it 
and I don't understand why any good classic can be remade any number of times. Yeah, it's too bad that we haven't been able to see the new Scream movie because my understanding is that they coin a term for the the remake slash sequel in there. And once again, the you know the franchise is interrogating the nature of the machine in all that sense. But I think I've said before, you know, there's a difference between remaking something and Spielberg taking this material that, let's be honest, was not as good a movie as it was material for the stage and making a really good movie with it. I mean, I'm it's with just. You. It's obvious. We're agreeing too much. One other thing that I wanted to throw out there, though, on the House of Gucci front, I revisited in our household last duel over the weekend. Now, I just there is a movie that would have been a terrific ensemble like that. The the three of them in that movie work so well. And I love that movie, too. And I saw it on the big screen, which is good because that's how you should see it. And it's Ridley's, you know, no one does medieval battles better than ridley scott it's so it's Fighting. so grizzly and, 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 and uncompromising the, the camera but it's also hilarious it's a it's funny, funny movie yeah you know, ben um, affleck is very funny so that's ben affleck bummer. is making a real comeback uh he got a a, a, a sag nomination for supporting yeah. actor which surprised me bradley cooper licorice pizza that'll go forward that's one very cool SAG to see award that. tells you that's what's going to happen Nightmare and Alley pretty up. much ignored except for Kate Blanchett and supporting. Yeah. Um, and I can see, I don't know how to explain this to you exactly, but even with the um, with the BAFTAs, which broke on the same day, where the it's all long lists. So it's like 15 people in each category. So it's sort of meaningless. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the people that got snubbed at the SAG um, nominations, which are five, obviously made it into uh, the long list, including Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart didn't make it. Yeah, uh, exactly. we got to talk Spencer about that because they're kind of moving. But but the SAG ignoring Kristen Stewart, like for the Internet, for the social media universe that only pays attention to bits and pieces of all this stuff. That was a big deal. That was a really big deal. Uh, and I think we should look the at front it. Runner. It and felt the like it was. Yeah. The statistics are such that in the history of the SAG Awards coming before the Oscars, no woman has made it to best actress wins at the oscars without being nominated for sag it has and yet you had happened. stuff like jessica chastain for eyes of tammy faye a movie that when we talked about it back at tiff it was like the reaction was kind of muted she's very good the movie's you know kind of a mess i mean actors so there was some stuff very there predictable eric they go for mm. the showy stuff it's the same thing as Shirley's theron in bombshell it's about the makeup it's about the transformation and she'll get in and uh and i'm glad see. to see jennifer hudson back in the hunt um i'm glad to see ruth nega back in the hunt as well Those no that's amazing i mean she's amazing on the cusp jennifer hudson gives a good performance in a movie that i thought was just okay certainly ruth nega in passing i'm 100 behind that but the kristen Stewart thing it just feels like some so there was a shift because in the fall we it's not just that she felt like a front runner it's that it the performance was really widely embraced at the festivals that it hit widely embraced yeah. by film critics no not just, just many people critics. eric this is the it oldest was, tell you right was not just had, critics. and it's still true the people at sag didn't you, you embrace it too and if I, I mean, love Spencer, I adore Spencer and it will do better at the Academy. Trust me, it will. But it is not a mainstream movie. Yeah. Well, on the other hand, movies like this are hitting uh, Peabody and supposedly it's done well 
you know, better certainly than it did theatrically in that sense. You think that would be helping it, you know, raise some visibility and, and she's done a lot of good work campaigning. So you would she's think that that would be paying off. I so. think it's fine. I, I really do. Um, I'm sorry that Penelope Cruz has been ignored, not only by That's SAG, it. but BAFTA, where there were 15. And it's really too bad that Spain didn't nominate um, Parallel Mothers. Uh, I mean, obviously, Pedro has been nominated, you know, not nominated. He's, his movies have been put up like seven times. by. And Spain, he has been nominated. He has been nominated. And he won times, once for a screenplay. He won once. But the point is, they went with um, her husband's movie instead, Javier Bardem. Yeah. And SAG gave Javier Bardem. Anam, which I wasn't expecting, honestly, for being <laughs> Very Ricardo's and yeah. Kidman. So they like being the Ricardo's. They didn't put it in ensemble, but they obviously like it. They like them and what they're doing in that movie, if not the Sorkin-esque aspect of it, which they is like a different Sorkin. part of it. He won last year for Trial of the Chicago 7. He won. But are people seven. really liking the movie overall? Because to me, it seems like there's two different things. I like their performance. Specifically, I thought Nicole Kidman surprised me in terms of what you know, it's hard to transform into such an icon iconic character. And it's it's no, you know, Chris Casey is Princess Diana, but it was impressive. I thought Javier was was fine. He's just fun to watch. He has so much screen energy. Yeah, it was a hard so. thing what he had to do. I think actors actually recognize that, um, you know, but as I said, they go for the Gagas and the Lettos. They they love it when pe when actors chew up the scenery like that. Even that's, if it's that's terrible, who they are. It doesn't matter. They're chewing. They can chew badly, but they're still chewing. Wild swings. That's just, uh, I don't know. It's unfortunate. But I hope I was, those campaigns. I'm sorry keep going. to see Anne Dowd not get in there for Mass, but that's the same thing it's as a small Spencer. movie. It's a movie it's nobody saw. It's a, even much smaller than Spencer. Yeah. I mean, that was yeah. a, an acquisition title at Sundance. You said nobody really noticed the Globes. I mean, they had a terrible announcement strategy. I, off the top of my head, couldn't tell you like what the big wins were. There were no speeches or anything like that. But I, I do, I am wondering if anybody is thinking about utilizing those wins in some capacity. Is it a bad thing now for everybody to put, if you're a Golden Globe winner, you can't put that in your campaign? Or, or are there certain contexts where you can? Some people are putting them in, some people are not. It, it's, it says you won something. Yeah. I mean, it's something. And we know that they still have a contract with the network. Yes. So they, they're they back next year, on. we'll see what happens. I've been digging into it a little bit, and there's a lot. There are a lot of people in this uh, awards ecosystem who want the Globes to exist because they are correctly perceiving that they played a role in hyping up these movies and hyping up these races and getting people invested in certain uh, people to win. And, and that's what you need to have any interest in the Oscars. And the Oscars are always very disdainful of Globes and wished that they would go away because they thought they stole their thunder. But yeah. in fact, uh, they needed that noise to me it all that always seemed obvious there's a symbiotic relationship with all yes. of these things and when you take one out it's like a house of cards and you have to rethink i, I think you're right and so there's a lot of people publicists people like that not all the publicists so what it really comes down to are these press conferences that were so unpleasant for people to participate in the talent it's down yeah. to the talent not wanting to be part of that anymore and um and it's going to be um interesting to see if the 
the group of publicists that is controlling uh, the the talent and preventing them for, for, from participating is going to relent and whether they want to do it. Um, it isn't anymore about the, the lack of uh, people of color in the organization because that has been addressed. They, they right. have started to diversify. Um, it's now about something else and uh, how, how distasteful participating is how much they dislike it and don't because it's do gross it. a lot of that stuff are, is a lot of silly. These people are just horrible yeah horrible people with no real credentials i i have this feeling like you know when you see people go through the award season cycle and then at the end of it it's like it's like jet lag times a thousand like they're just so done even somebody who was like super enthusiastic at the start of it and really wants to win and i felt like on some level, the HFPA was a big part of that because you really had to put in a performance there, you know, and and, and kind of deal with a lot of It's a ritual that many of them have, have performed for years. And I found it interesting how how eager and willing they were to give it up, you know, how, how much well, they didn't want to participate if, the, if, if you can find some way to keep things going. I mean, now you know, that's the big question, right? is give up the i mean the, 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 these are people who like get their pictures taken with the talent that's the kind of thing this is you know right getting and we've known it's a, oh, not a not a secret gross. It's, it's gross. In there. i think they need to get rid of the press conferences um and put all those people back to work in the real system and get them into the other junkets that already exist and, and the festivals and all that stuff yeah. i mean there's other ways to engage yeah, certainly i'm curious to see so. if that can happen so meanwhile, on the Oscars front, the, the Golden Globes thing was the most hilarious fail about all that were these tweets where like they wouldn't even say, mention the names of the movie. And you're, you're like, our, our staff and other people who had to like update articles in real time were like, wait a second, like, what is the point of just saying like so-and-so just won Best Actor if you're not going to tell us for what That's movie? That's how they're oriented. Was, it's about celebrities. It's yeah, exactly. It's like... Is the celebrity, not the right. movie. Who cares what the movie is? What's a movie? But then I did notice the Academy... Uh, has been leaning into its social media presence more. I don't know who they're listening to. There were there are some articles we've talked about it that they, they could be a little bit more savvy about how people process stuff. But as there were reports that the Oscars is actually looking for a host this year. And then I noticed New York Post exclusively reported that Pete Davidson was in talks, whatever the yeah, hell that means. One of our means. staffers actually <laughs> checked that out and the the people who, you know, they deny it. The they, yeah, denies it. Who and knows? What happens in this situation with someone like Pete Davidson, let's be honest, we all understand that the Oscar host has to be reliable. <laughs> they have to be together. Yeah. They have to turn up. They have to be in We all live through when they shape. have it. Yeah, <laughs> we've seen it go shape. wrong. You know, and James Franco was one of, you know, an Oscar host who who notoriously sort of sat on the sidelines and read a yeah. book and didn't get into it. And that's why he did such a terrible, terrible yeah. job. So so why, you know, why do you the PR, the, the the personal representatives of people like Pete Davidson throw it out just to get it? But, I, but I, yeah, I'm sure that's what happened. But I also think there's maybe a logic to why they would think there's even a possibility there, which is like, what are we looking at in terms of what a host can bring ratings, right? Like who has visibility, who might be a good face who could get people to tune in, maybe even younger they people. Have to I give mean, up on the idea that a youthful host is somehow going to bring the youth audience because the host has nothing to do with the audience. It all has to do with how the movies performed at the box office, which no longer exists. So people are rooting. There are three movies on um, uh, the BAFTA long list that weren't uh, at the um, 
SAG lists at all, weren't nominated for any SAG awards. They were Dune, No Time to Die, and mm-hmm. um, I forgot what the third one is. It's another big movie. But the point is that these are movies that are uh, the ones that will pull people. And th- right. No mention of Spider-Man uh, anywhere, by the way. You just get a, Somebody <laughs> said Andrew Garfield and Zendaya could host. I remember a couple of years ago, they said, why not get the Avengers to host? I mean, you can you can find ways to integrate. I love I Tom Holland. And now, Tom Holland is good on his feet. He has theater experience. He can sing. He can dance. Zendaya, I'm not so sure what she would be able to do uh, in a in a in a poised sort of um, performative uh, hot, context. Hot house environment like that. Yeah. Very intense. You, you need people like Hugh Jackman and know how to do theater. You need people who are like talk show hosts who know how to banter and and get an, a reaction from the audience. I love the idea of getting Martin Short and Steve Martin. That would be my dream team to get them back. Um, <laughs> well, in any they're case... they're old, they would do a great job and everyone would enjoy it, Steve, I think. Steve is... It's, it's like the Billy Crystal thing, right? Like, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I I don't know. I mean, he seems like he's kind of over it. I had... I remember I had... He doesn't want to do I it. Had, Nobody wants to do it. <laughs> when I, they were cracking... Steve Martin and Chris Rock were cracking jokes about this when I hosted the New York Film Critics Circle a few years ago when they had that whole thing where Kevin Hart was out as a host and they needed somebody like they were they were done with it then they're definitely done with it now but I'd love to I, so, so the reason I brought this Ellen up Ellen was good you know she yeah well obviously job. she's not doing it now she's not but, doing it this year yeah and give me Whoopi I'll take and Whoopi her might be fun I don't know if she she might be over it too the thing I was going to say though is the reason I brought this up was because the the Academy actually went to its own Twitter feed and was like, right, right, right. who should host the Oscars? And what I loved about that was like, it was fun. They were like responding to people and stuff, but it's also like, you know, why not just see what people have to say about that? As a, I would assume they wouldn't do that unless they haven't made a decision. And yet they do want some kind of a well, host. They revealed and- ABC revealed at the TCAs that they really are looking for a host. So so that or there will be a host, which means I would go for um, think they will get one. My number one would be Tiffany Haddish. She'd she is just she. First of all, Kevin Hart I, put heaven, but he yeah, he, well, he bombed out last go, time. <laughs> yeah, I don't see that happening. But bad, I think with her. Tweets. She didn't want, I, I think based on what was reported, she didn't want Ellen's gig as a talk show host, but she'll do something that's like very specific and targeted. I know there's that stigma of being the host and then everyone slams you. No one's going to slam Tiffany Haddish. She's funny to I so would, many different contingencies. I would be thrilled if it was Stephen Colbert. I'd be thrilled if it eh. was uh, Conan O'Brien. I think those eh. guys know what they're doing. Jimmy Kimmel has done a good job. I like him. Eh. That I just feel like also ran. That's just boring they to me. They know how to do it. You need energy. Point. And surprise and viral moments and, and all that cool stuff that happens when you have somebody who's like a real you know face they should of get? They should bring someone in from overseas. They should put on um, Graham Norton. He's the best. <laughs> yeah, right. He's the best. That'll really, that'll really tune in. Why not just get us to I do it? I think he's the one who does the BAFTAs now. <laughs> I'll host the Oscars. I mean, the thing is, after last year, it's, it's such a striking thing like you didn't need a you couldn't have had a better example of when a host could make a difference since they didn't have one and the show was just like so aimless but there were so many things i mean we love to dump on steven soderbergh but there are so many things that were dive bombing that situation he gets a pass it was a it was a covid oscars yeah i I don't i don't have anything against him like i said before i would love if the way he teased it as what if the oscars were a movie was a real thing and he turned it into a movie but 
perhaps that's just something he can do for one of his experimental side projects or something to that effect. Uh, before I let you go, though, why don't we just quickly tease a little bit more about Sundance because it's about a week out and uh, I know you're you're seeing stuff. I'm seeing stuff. We can't totally talk that's about why all I'm, that. That's but... why I have to get it going. Um, the movie I'm about to see is called Call Jane. And it's uh, the Phyllis Nagy uh, movie. Um, it's her feature debut. She wrote Carol, you may remember. Mm -hmm. And there are two movies that are about this one uh, organization back in uh, the late 60s, early 70s that ran for about four years, a covert underground for getting women abortions safely. Certainly and, timely uh, now. So each, so Phyllis did a, uh, with um, um, Elizabeth Banks and, and Sigourney Weaver, she did a fictional version of it and then, um, Tia Lesson uh, and, and another filmmaker are doing the the documentary version of it. And I'm looking forward to both. And then the one the other one I've been uh, really interested to see is called The Descendant. And it's um, about the Clotilda, the last illegal sa slave ship to deliver slaves to the to North America and um, from Margaret Brown, who's a very well known. Oh, I love uh, Margaret's films. filmmaker. Yeah, and that it's, sounds it, it takes terrific. place in her hometown of Mobile, uh, Alabama. That's really exciting. Well, I've, I've seen a couple of things. One thing I would throw out there is Second Chance, which is Ramin Barani doing a documentary about the guy who invented the bulletproof vest. Sounds great. Uh, very few people know about it. It has a kind of an Errol Morris quality to it, which I appreciated. Very strange character, but also one with an amazing story that's it's kind of ominous and, and strange and, and shocking in all these amazing ways. Um, I also enjoyed seeing Thandie Newton uh, step up in a lead role for the first time in a little bit for this movie called God's Country, uh, which I is a very neat story. Uh, cool. So I highly recommend that one. There's a horror movie from Spain called Piggy. That's a great debut. Here's the thing. There's a, actually a lot of good movies worth checking out at Sundance this year. I think it's going to be a good year for Discovery and people who are upset that they had in-person passes and aren't getting refunds, I think are missing out on the fact that you can still watch a lot of really good movies. Just choose wisely, do your homework. We have a curtain raiser up. Other people are doing things, you know, curate that at home experience and you can still really reap the rewards of a well-programmed festival. I had a wonderful so. time last year and uh, I can't wait to, to dig in again. Uh, I mean, this this part, we have the luxury because people want us to write articles of, of seeing some early uh, screeners and screenings. But um, the part that's really fun is just, just sitting in your living room and, and just... Yeah enjoying it on the tv it's very easy to cast it up to the tv and it, it works but not well. as fun not as fun as it's being right. with you in the condo and you can Park do the City premieres you can do the around. q and a's and and it's yeah. all good okay eric i will see i'll you see next you week. next week and we'll more, dig deeper on, on sundance then yeah okay. enjoy bye -bye. stay safe out there bye Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.